I'm always excited about a new school year. I think it brings us a, a new opportunity. There are new students. There are new uh, classes. In this case, we have a new reading curriculum for our elementary students. So each, I think each year brings a fresh start, and we all can be energized by that opportunity. Welcome to the special back-to-school episode of the IRSD Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mall. As we record this episode, the start of the 2016-2017 school year is less than a week away. A little later, we'll be joined by Dr. Luann Hudson, who will discuss some of the new and ongoing academic programs in the Indian River School District. But first, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, for the first time in quite a while, District Superintendent Dr. Susan Bunning. Susan, welcome to the Spotlight. Thank you. Dr. Bunning was the first guest on the first ever episode of this podcast, and it's certainly good to have her back. Uh, It's been rather hectic around district office during the past few weeks as we've hosted orientation activities for new teachers and then welcomed all of our teachers and instructional staff back with a special pep rally at Sussex Central High School on August 30th. The first day of school for students is Tuesday, September 6th. Susan, what has your schedule been like in the past few weeks? It's been quite hectic. As we usually prepare for the school year, we know that it's going to be one with an assortment of meetings, not only here in the district, but working with new teachers elsewhere in the district and uh, various things that are happening in schools. And then we also have our normal situations to handle at Dover. Mm -hmm. So we have been quite busy. Well, talk a minute about that pep rally on on August 30th. That was a, I'll I'll just say it was a blast. I think everybody had a lot of fun. The teachers showed a lot of pride. What was your impression of the whole thing? It was remarkable, unbelievable, unforgettable. You just can't give it the superlatives that it, it deserves. The enthusiasm was was contagious. Uh, everybody came excited about the new year, and I think we needed that because we have we have some challenges this year ahead of us. And I was I was thrilled to see the excitement and the determination. Uh, that they they exhibited yesterday. And it was run like a high school pep rally. Uh, yes. Dr. Uh, Bradley Layfield from the principal of Sussex Central went out and got the each side spirit to cheer stick. and all that. It was And there was a spirit stick awarded. It was really a, a lot of fun. Um, some really nice photos from that event have been posted to our Facebook page. So uh, if you're encouraged to go check it out, um, the really, really good photos. I think the other amazing piece of it was that we included students, and we heard from some of the students, which enabled the teachers to realize the impact that they're having on the lives of the children that they interact with. And those students that spoke did a, did a terrific job at that event. Um, Susan, I'd like you to explain to our listeners a portion of the speech that you give every year when you address new teachers on the first day that they're here. And um, referring specifically to the part where you make a comparison between Charles Darwin, the Chicago Cubs, and Henry Higgins. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It's one of my favorite things to add to my speeches. Uh, I always challenge them to decide what kind of school they really want theirs to be. 
It could be a Charles Darwin school where it's a survival of the fittest. You teach it, they get it or they don't. Some of them are going to, some of them are able, forget about the others. The Chicago Cubs kind of school is one where, oh, let's make it simple enough that everybody can do it, everybody's happy, but we may not be making a lot of progress. Our success record, we don't want to be that of the Chicago Cubs. And then I go into Henry Higgins, who was the star in, in My Fair Lady. He had a determination to uh, work with Eliza Doolittle and make her from something that was just a country cockney lass to somebody that was My Fair Lady. And that's what we hope for all of our students. We, we take every student that comes across the threshold and with open hearts and open minds and open arms welcome them into our environment here in Indian River and we're determined to do the very best we can to make each and every child successful. And I know you always get a lot of laughs when you get to that portion of your uh, of your speech but it does it is it does have an important part uh, an important point Although the Cubs are pretty good this year, Susan, so you shouldn't... <laughs> I might have to change yeah. it. <laughs> um, as we enter the new school year, uh, what are you the most excited about? I'm always excited about a new school year. I think it brings us a, a new opportunity. There are new students. There are new uh, classes. In this case, we have a new reading curriculum for our elementary students. So each, I think each year brings a fresh start, and we all can be energized by that opportunity. Uh, it's going to be a year when we need to uh, face our challenge with space, and I think that brings a new and um, time-intensive but also a special focus for the year. We continually grow. We're probably going to be up by another 300 students this year, and that means we need new teachers, new classrooms, so we're, we're going to have to um, accept that challenge and move forward on that one. Yeah, that, is, that enrollment does continue to grow. Um, now, Indian River is often considered the gold standard for public education in Delaware. Um, our test scores are annually among the state's best. We've won numerous awards for our academic program and our staff's professional accomplishments, and we're always on the cutting edge of new instructional practices. How did we get to this point, and who deserves the credit? Our staff members deserve the credit, <laughs> but I think there's something to be said for continuity. Uh, here at Central Office. Uh, we've been able to uh, select some very fine people not only to lead the district from the Central Office standpoint but we do a lot to develop our school leaders with our administrative development program and our leadership institute we have a set of administrators that uh, will be the learning leaders that's what I expect of each of them they're the learning leaders in their buildings so by continuing their growth they're able to better lead their staff members. So it is a team effort. You've heard us say that again and again. Together we all achieve more. And we, we do need to continually hone our skills, stay on top of research, uh, the latest methods. We do a lot in the district that's uniform. We have some non-negotiables, and I think that has carried us a long way. And yet we recognize the need for each school to customize slightly because there's a big difference between a Philip Shell and a Sussex Central High School. So you have to take the non-negotiable parts, the parts that are research-based, and then you have to customize it slightly for your particular situation. Now, you, you touched on this previously, but if we, I'd like to go back to it for just a minute. Can you take a minute to update us on the enrollment growth in the district? Um, we had a big jump last year, and it looks like we've got another big jump coming this year. 
we will finish registering students today actually and so we'll get a better handle on what we predict but the official count is taken on September 30th last year we were at 10,171 students our prediction is easily above 10,400 this year so we're hoping that we um, we show that growth but that also brings with it new challenges we need extra instructors we need extra classrooms and with that as I mentioned comes some challenges with space so we'll work on that together with our, our teams and schools well that leads us into another a little more serious topic and that's the the school district budget uh, for the upcoming school year the district has had to make some pretty significant across-the-board budget reductions can you give us a brief ex explanation of the cutbacks and just explain why they're necessary? Yes, we've, uh, we've cut our school budgets by 30%. Now, those are discretionary budgets. Those are the budgets that a school leader has the opportunity to make decisions about. It in no way affects salaries or numbers of teachers. So the, the choices that have to be made are how much paper do you buy? Do you have an assembly at the end of the marking period for good behavior? Uh, do you have an extra a field trip, for example? Do you buy new computers? Do you buy 20 computers this year as opposed to 40? Those are decisions that are made at the school level. It's basically for supplies. Uh, if you can make um, a set of classroom desks go an extra year before you buy a new set this is the year that we want to do that we want to make sure that we we have a comfortable reserve and we've been growing so quickly that we have been adding 20 to 25 even some years 30 teachers a year for the last couple of years to work with our increased enrollment with that comes increased um, salary bills not because teachers are having raises but simply because we have more teachers and more paraprofessionals and more cafeteria workers and more custodians <laughs> yeah. so we you know our our growth has brought with it some side effects another impact has been made by the fact that we have a construction set of projects that have gone longer than we anticipated and with that comes increasing costs or a continued costs for materials which always rise uh, in price and also for the construction management so we are finished hopefully uh, the kitchen at Georgetown will be finished before the students walk in next week and that's the end of this particular building campaign but that has added to what we have to pay locally and that has impacted our reserve the other piece that I think is very important to parents is that we have increased our safety in the district we are we find safety a paramount concern and we've done a lot to assure that our students are secure and safe you'll notice that we have glass uh, locked entrances to all of our buildings we have a swipe card system you have to be buzzed into a building and then you don't go into the inner sanctum unless you are approved to go through but we also have school safety monitors in every building and that's a continued cost that's totally local but our board feels it's really important to assure the parents that children are super safe when they're with us so that adds or maybe i should say it subtracts uh, more than a million dollars a year from our local budget those things combined have eroded some of our reserve and we want to make sure that that reserve until we get to a point where we have additional tax monies coming in we want to make sure that that reserve is comfortable mm -hmm. now I, I guess the next question that leads into that will uh, will a current expense referendum be necessary in order to sort of rectify the problem a little bit I think that that probably is a wise move 
-hmm. We want to be prudent stewards of the taxpayers' money, but we also need to plan ahead so that we uh, we keep that reserve at a comfortable status. So my prediction is yes, we will need to go to current a uh, current expense referendum this year. Now, when would that when would that be? When are we looking at? The board will make that decision, and we have to coordinate with the Department of Elections. My prediction would be before the end of the the calendar year, 2016. So November, December, possibly. Yes. In okay. The district has actually lowered its property tax rate for three consecutive years. Now, in light of the current budget cuts, this may lead some to ask why. Can you explain that aspect of it a little bit? School budgeting is complex, <laughs> and there are categories for monies. Um, there are three categories that a district can change based on evidence, based on, on data. Um, the board has the authority to change our minor cap amount each year. Our minor cap tax has to match what the state gives us. So if the state were to give us $45,000, we have the right, as our board has the right, to tax the, tax, the local taxpayers the same amount so that we would be able to match the state amount. And that, of course, that amount from the state could go up or down. So we have to adjust that annually. The second place that they can make a decision with taxation without going to the public for, for support is to pay, we call it debt service, and it's similar to paying your mortgage and the interest on your mortgage at home. Like our major capital improvement projects. Correct. So that usually is something that's spread over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And some years things drop off your list mm -hmm. because they are 20 years old. For example, North Georgetown tomorrow is celebrating a 20-year birthday. Mm -hmm. So some things drop off. And depending on whether new things have gone on to the list, then you have to adjust your debt service. Mm -hmm. And the third one is tuition tax, which covers the, uh, the cost of sending our students to specialized programs. It runs the gamut from academic challenge to attendance at the consortium or Howard T. Ennis or out of district or out of state placement to meet special needs of students. And so we're always looking at the bills from the previous year and we have to get the tax money there to pay our bills that mm -hmm. have all the service that's already been rendered. I think that perhaps the system was set up so that taxpayers can't be gouged. A district can't simply add on pennies for those any of those three and accumulate great amounts of money in those pots. So we have to adjust them to be fair to the public. Um, and the state regulates that. We're audited to make sure that we aren't doing that. Yeah. And this year, the last three years actually, we found that we could adjust partic particularly our tuition tax. Uh, we could lower it a bit because mm -hmm. our bills weren't as high as they had originally been predicted to be. Yeah. Those monies can't be used for anything else. They can't buy textbooks. They can't pay salaries. They can't be used for anything mm -hmm. except very strictly um, defined purposes by the state and as I said we're monitored to make sure we have adhered to the guidelines. And that goes for the minor cap portion, the debt service portion, and the tuition portion. That those is correct. monies have to be used for those designated purposes that is correct. and for nothing else. That has nothing to do with current expense monies and current expenses are the, mo the monies we need to run the district mm -hmm. um, to pay salaries and to buy supplies and to mm -hmm. pay for transportation. And so that's a decision that our taxpayers have to make for us. 
And so any referendum that we would go to this fall would involve the current expense portion of that the tax is correct. And, and, and nothing else. That is that correct. Point. Okay. And it should interest listeners to know that Indian River does have the lowest tax rate in Sussex County among school among the school districts. And probably would still remain the lowest even if we increase to cover mm -hmm. some of those things that we are interested in, such as our school safety monitors, um, our SROs, the costs that we're putting into safety, and uh, the um, restoring of our budgets in our schools. As we move into the new school year, district residents are encouraged to monitor the district website, Facebook, and the local media for information about the current expense referendum. We once again hope that we can rely on the public support of our efforts to build a world-class system of public schools. Uh, Dr. Bunning, it's been a pleasure having you here, and I hope you can join us again soon. I would be glad to. Thank you. <laughs> Dr. Luann Hudson, the district's director of instruction, will join us in the spotlight right after this short break. Joining me now is Dr. Luann Hudson, the Director of Instruction for the Indian River School District. Dr. Hudson is going to take a few minutes to speak with us about academics. Luann, welcome to the Spotlight. Thanks, Dave. I'm happy to be here. Um, since this is your first visit to the podcast, why don't you start by telling us about your background in education? Okay. I uh, am beginning my 27th year in education, and I started uh, in the Cesar Rodney School District back in 1990 as a teacher. I taught for 15 years. Uh, partially in Caesar Rodney, partially in Indian River, and then um, in Indian River went on to become assistant principal at Sussex Central Middle School when we still had a Sussex Central <laughs> yeah. Middle School. Yeah. And then uh, was the very proud first principal of Millsboro Middle School, a school and a staff still near and dear to my heart. And then moved on to the director of curriculum position, which I now mm -hmm. serve in. Now the district has several new academic programs on tap as we head into 2016-2017. One of these is a STEM education program at John M. Clayton Elementary School. Can you tell us about that? I would love to tell you about that. The STEM education program at John M. Clayton is uh, a elementary version of our Project Lead the Way program, which we have at Indian River High School and portions of it at Selbyville Middle School. It's a sort of a pre-engineering program that really teaches kids to become problem solvers. Um, they use engineering design processes and they work very hard at employing critical thinking. But I think one of the most important parts of the program is that they're really, really trying to teach kids at a very young age that it's okay to take risks and make mistakes because that's how some of the most important discoveries uh, you know in our world have have been made after many mistakes and many tries and that's not often a skill that's taught in school you know a lot of times we teach kids to be right and be perfect and give the right answers all the time and and science is about exploration and taking risks as a um, an inventor or a problem solver and being able to to look at that work and then make improvements to it. Mm -hmm. So really all of our work should be viewed as that mm -hmm. way, but uh, of course we know that, that that's, you know, can't always be the case. But Project Lead the Way is um, a wonderful program and we're excited to have it at John M. Clayton mm -hmm. and um, the grant is 
really going to help us to make mm-hmm. that happen and make it a reality. Now, in light of uh, the pre-engineering programs that we have at the high schools and the middle schools, is it kind of important now to go down into the elementaries? Um, is that sort of the, one of the basis for the for the STEM program? It is. It is. Um, the, the project Lead the Way that started at Indian River High School really be, became a tri- trickle-down effect to Selbyville Middle School, and they had a rich, very robust robotics program going on at mm-hmm. that building, which has been um, has continued to grow over the last couple of years and created a lot of interest even in our elementary schools amongst the uh, administrators and the students in those schools as well. So I think it definitely has been... Um, a trickle-down effect and a, a very, you know, a very important one, a very exciting one for our students. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it reaches students in a whole different way than maybe some of our other clubs or sports programs, and and it, you know, focuses on um, different aspects of developing children and mm-hmm. and what's important. Mm-hmm. Another major initiative. Uh, this year is the new finance and accounting curriculum offered through the National Academy of Finance. Now, what is this program and where is it going to be offered? So the National Academy of Finance program will be offered at both high schools, Indian River High School and Sussex Central High School. And this was a new pathway available to us um, through uh, through the state of Delaware pathway model. And we're really excited about this program it's going to really teach our students all about the financial careers that are available to them in the world today Um, banking insurance all aspects of finance I think that um, it is uh, very exciting that we have a lot of local interest in this program and a lot of our community partners who who work out there in the finance world, in banking and insurance, in mortgage lending, in other areas, have taken an interest in these programs in our high school and are serving on the boards and the councils mm-hmm. for these programs. Yeah, that's great. That's it is great. really great to see the community want to be involved with our students, and I think it really gives our students the, you know, that uh, that idea that they're going to have careers available to them after, you know, post-graduation. And some of them may want to attend Dell Tech, further their education in the finance world for a two-year degree, and then mm-hmm. go directly into business with some of these companies mm-hmm. and some of these people who are on our d- advisory boards. Mm-hmm. And some of them may decide to go get four-year degrees. So I think it's really an exciting opportunity for our kids and for mm-hmm. our community, and we're we're excited to see where this goes. Well, you mentioned the pathways, and I think this might be a good time to talk about those a little bit, because um, there may be some members of our public that don't quite understand how that works. So can you explain the pathways curriculum that we offer in both of our high schools, just basically how it works in general? So for a component of high school graduation in the state of Delaware is that students have to declare almost like a major when they enter high school. It's co- sort of, it, it's called the pathway programs. And most of these programs are focused in a career pathway that should lead them either to um, further education at a two-year or four-year institution or directly into the workforce in that area of study. So we have pathways in agriculture and farming. We have pathways in finance, as we've just mentioned, and other business aspects. 
We also have a new pathway in health sciences and health occupations, which I think is also a very timely pathway. We've always had a nursing pathway, which has led directly to certified nurse certification or certified nurse assistant certification. But the new health pathway is a much broader pathway. It can prepare kids for things like careers in um, pre-med, nursing, um, phlebotomy, you know, any aspect of health and health careers that you can think of. It really will prepare kids to enter those programs upon graduation. And these are three or four year pathways uh, through their whole high school career? Yes, most of them are three and four year pathways. Mm -hmm. We have a fourth year on almost all of our pathways, Mm -hmm. but I believe the state of Delaware has that at least three years in those pathways Mm -hmm. um, is what you need for graduation. Now each high school also has academic programs for high performing students. Um, These include the International Baccalaureate program at Sussex Central High School and the pre-engineering pathway at Indian River High School. Can you take a minute just to talk about a little bit about each of these programs? Yes, the the programs, the couple of that you mentioned, of course, the IB program, the International Baccalaureate program is a very prestigious program. We've we've talked a lot about that over the last couple of years and the program is really growing roots at Sussex Central High School. It is um, just flourishing. Students who have that type of goal in mind for their high school career and and what they like to do post high school are really um, putting themselves in the position to be in that program and to be successful in that program and Sussex Central High School has done a great job at that. We also have numerous other programs for high achieving students that don't get sometimes as much press as the IB program. You mentioned one of them, the pre-engineering pathway, the project lead the way pathway at Indian River which is a as you said, it's a pre-engineering curriculum, preparing students to enter college or two-year or four-year colleges and take on the, the type of math and science that is required of an engineering major. And we do have students currently now attending college that have come from that program. It's, um, it's an amazing program and highly successful at Indian River. But we also still have programs that are that our listeners may be familiar with, like um, the AP courses, the advanced placement courses from College Board, which can earn you college credit while you're still in high school. We also, in the last couple of years, have started offering what we call dual enrollment courses, where students are still in high school and they're enrolled in high school, but while they're in high school, we also enroll them in college courses. And that's through the University of Delaware? We do have a course through University of Delaware, an Mm -hmm. English course, Mm -hmm. and it's the the first year English course that all freshmen take Mm -hmm. at University of Delaware. And our high school seniors are able to take that at Indian River High School and receive the three credits for it that Mm -hmm. they need in college. Mm -hmm. So that's been very popular. Mm -hmm. We've also started um, with Delaware Technical and Community College offering other dual enrollment courses. We offer Sociology 101, we offer Anatomy and Physiology, and we are offering a dual enrollment math course at Sussex Central this year. So we are offering several pathways to 
to college credit for our students while they're still in high school. It really gives high school students the encouragement and the belief that they can be successful in college courses. And I think that's really important because, you know, you hear so much in, in high school about, oh, you've got to be prepared for college. It's going to be all different when you get to college. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. And I think by having those courses in our high schools taught by our staff, um, our students are gaining that experience and that, that extra push that they may need to say, I can go to college mm-hmm. and be successful. So we're, we're really proud of those programs as well. Yeah, that's great. Now, before we let you go, Luann, I wanted to take a moment to talk about Teacher of the Year. Uh, now, this program is one that's close to your heart, and every year you and your staff do a terrific job of honoring not only the district winner, but also the winners from each school. Um, is this a program that you find especially rewarding? Yes, uh, certainly. I, I wish the listeners could see the big smile on my face right now. Uh, <laughs> so proud of each and every one of these teachers. Every year we have a chance to honor just one teacher from every building as a teacher of the year. And they are truly, each one of them, so special in their own way. And, uh, you know, I think I think you probably hear us say it all the time, teachers don't, I don't think educators in general ever get the recognition they really deserve. But it's really our opportunity to say, you are a star among stars, and make them feel that way and and celebrate what teaching is really all about in this school district, which is really all about the kids. Yeah, yeah. And uh, their messages are just so heartwarming and heartfelt, and I think that that really shines through when we do our Teacher of the Year program. And of course, last year we had a terrific Teacher of the Year, Jenny Cordry from Indian River High School represented us well at the state level. And and uh, of course, she's been nationally recognized before through her efforts with FFA and some of the things that she's done on a very large scale through her particular uh, teaching area. And then of course, this year, Melissa Grice is our Teacher of the Year from John M. Clayton. And um, she's halfway through the state competition at this point and of course we'll be keeping our fingers crossed for her in October but she is really just a shining example of what teaching is all about in the Indian River School District and uh, she addressed our our staff Mm -hmm. yesterday at our kickoff day Mm -hmm. for the district and I think there was a lot of people in the room saying well done. You yeah. you represented us well. So we're we're already very very proud of her. Yeah, and uh, Melissa will be uh, uh, vying for the State Teacher of the Year Award, which will be awarded in October. And, and Melissa actually appeared on a previous episode of this podcast. Uh, and if anyone wants to go listen to it, it's available through the school district website. Luann, it's been a pleasure having you, and I hope you have a great school year. Thanks, Dave. You mm-hmm. too. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of IRSD Spotlight. I again want to thank Dr. Bunning and Dr. Hudson for taking time out of their busy schedules to talk to us about the upcoming school year. New episodes of IRSD Spotlight will be posted periodically throughout the school year. The podcast can be accessed through iTunes or by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. It is also available through several mobile podcast apps. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District. Until then, remember that Indian River truly is a model of excellence.